Welcome to Michael Stone's podcast. This free podcast is made possible through gifts by people like you. Please consider making a donation through the donate button on the website to help us offer unique audio, video, and text-based teachings on the internet and to grow this community library. Michael's teaching bridges the gap between inner healing and social change by synthesizing traditional spiritual teachings with the insights of the West. To learn about Michael's international retreats and workshops, please visit michaelstoneteaching.com. Thank you for your support. Okay, so... Um, this section, which I'm calling section five, she trains herself, I breathe in experiencing joy, she trains herself, I breathe out experiencing joy. Um, in the uh, Buddhist tradition, uh, this is called the first jhana. Um, jhana is the Pali word for the Sanskrit word dhyana. How many of you have studied the Yoga Sutra? Okay, some of you, yeah. Does everybody know there's eight limbs? Okay, what's the seventh limb? Dhyana, yeah. And um, in the Yoga Sutra, as dhyana, as absorption gets deeper, it goes through eight different stages, which are the levels of samadhi, okay? So in the Buddhist tradition, the word samadhi is not really used in that way, but dhyana goes through these similar eight stages. And the first jhana, which is the first level of concentration, so, so jhana just means meditation based on the Sanskrit word uh, dhyana, which means meditation. When these teachings go from India through Afghanistan to China, um, the word dhyana gets translated into the Chinese as chan, which then, when goes to Japan, gets translated into the word zen. So Zen can be traced all the way back to this experience of absorption, uh, concentration, that is a, a particular kind of meditation. Did that make sense? Uh, okay. That was just like a thousand years of history. <laughs> so, um, but this is really important because this stuff doesn't get taught that much, which is the first level of concentration is you're with the breath, inhaling and exhaling, coming back, coming back, over and over and over. And then different patterns of sensations arise, but instead of hooking into them too much, you're allowing sensations to be there, harmonizing sensations with the breath, calming reactivity, really kind of honing in on this space, and then this joy arises. 
And that's called the first jhana. And the Buddha says uh, the first jhana is a lot like a bathing apprentice or someone who does... uh, So I don't know if it's like a bath or if it's laundry, but in ancient India they used to use these balls of soap where they, I bet you they did this in ancient Sweden. Yeah, they take uh, soap, flakes, and they pack them together, kind of like felting, into a ball, and that's what you use to wash your body and to do your laundry, okay? And the Buddha says, if you take one of these balls and saturate it with water, then the entire ball is saturated, and there's nothing left out. So there's no part of that ball that is not saturated. Likewise, the first jhana is when you start to experience this joy, you be, and this is like really hard, but you start to experience this joy, and the first time you're just like, oh, oh, there's, that's the thing Michael was talking about, or whoa, there's some new sensations. And then maybe two days later, you're like, oh, I think that was kind of that, that was happiness, actually. <laughs> Um, So the Buddha is saying, when you're meditating and you start to feel this joy, you want to keep connected to it with your breathing without trying to make anything of it. It's really hard. In such a way that the joy starts spreading and saturates the whole body with no part of the body unsaturated. Okay. And, and when you can feel this, this has a name and it's called the first jhana. Yeah. And so the first jhana, which often doesn't last very long, um, still has thinking in it. Okay, the first three jhanas do. So, so you're feeling this kind of absorption in joy And there's a little bit of commentary in the background going, oh, this is kind of interesting, and I'm really calm right now. But there's no hindrances coming in. No anger, uh, none of the hindrances. I won't go through them all now. Um, Can you imagine this ball of soap that's just saturated? And that's the kind of concentration that happens here in this fifth level and it's and it's totally impermanent it's temporary because remember what happens the sanskaras are really powerful so these experiences of concentration are powerful but not as powerful as the old habits okay? the old habits come in and try to own or hijack the experience somehow okay why is this important because you might think who cares? I just like am trying to just do backbending. <laughs> okay. Well, it's important for two reasons. The first reason is um, we start more than two reasons. First reason is you start to have insight into way into the way that joy is not so dependent on the things we turn to for joy. We think we need so much in order to get happy. But the truth is, happiness is not really about the stuff we have. And you might have that as a philosophy, but not as an insight. 
So we still go after a lot to try and get happiness. <coughs> Secondly, um, and this is the third noble truth, is it's really important to know what non-reactivity feels like. It's really important to know states of mind that are not perfumed with reactivity. It's really important to know what it feels like to have a mind that's not compulsive. And that experience creates a samskara that gives us a deeper trust in our life and in our sanity. That's the heartwood. That's the core of the tree. And it's important to have a faith, confidence in life. Uh, so this is where it comes from. Because uh, in this tradition, there isn't really a model of a god that we have faith in. What we do is we have confidence in our life, in our practice, through practice and through life. And as you get deeper in your practice, your confidence and your trust becomes more solid. So rather than having faith in an outside power or in a certain belief system or both, we have faith here in the, the, the peace and the non-reactivity and the compassion that arise from our own steam from our own work, letting go of reactivity, letting go of reactivity. And this is what it means to be a yogi. A yogi is someone who's passionately interested in non-reactivity because it brings an end... What does it bring? It brings an end to consumerism. And this is the goal of yoga. The goal of yoga is to bring an end to consumerism. Of all kinds all the things we think we need to stuff ourselves with. When you eat, you need to digest. It's how metabolism works. You eat, you digest. You eat, you digest. But in our culture right now, and I'm talking about global Western culture, we're stuffing ourselves. We're not digesting. We're stuffing ourselves. We're overfeeding ourselves with images, information, products, more images and more images and more images and more images and more images. And, more images. and we can't digest any of that. So then our attention's all over the place. We're very reactive. And as a result, our emotions are very unstable and fragile. Because our emotions and our reactivity are like one thing now, you see. So one of the reasons why these stages of meditation, even these first five, are so important is because they start to, we start to have access to our non-reactive space, which I would actually say is a creative space. Because from the place of non-reactivity, there's many options of how to respond to something. Many options. That's freedom. Right? 
freedom is, is being able to have some choice when something's emerging. So you can respond appropriately, creatively, holistically. And too bad for our family, you know, because we're always giving them such a hard time. Do you notice this? All the people close to us, we just torture them, you know, with all of our habits. They still love us, thank God. But even so, uh, we need to practice because uh, we make things so hard for everybody around us. Because we're reacting so much uh, to what other people are doing. And then they're reacting to us. And then we're reacting to their reactions. We don't even know who started it, even though we're convinced it wasn't us. <laughs> so, so, the whole point of this practice is relational. It improves our relationships because we can be there for other people and we can be there for our experience. And when you can't be present for your own experience, then you can't be present with other people's experience. And our heart, is this, this is the hardest path, you know, is actually the path into your heart. And the reason why it's such a hard path is because we have such a hard time allowing ourselves to have our experience. This is the deepest sangskara is we don't allow ourselves to have what our experience really is. I'm needy. Oh, can't have that. I have a lot of doubt. Oh, can't have that. So we don't allow ourselves to have our experience. And so what we do is we, we cut it off to create a version of ourselves that other people will approve of. But there is no authority out there. There is no authority out there. So part of this practice is we stop looking for the authority out there all the time. The only authority is, is this. Your life in this moment right now, that's the authority. You don't have to make yourself somebody else. What a relief. Holy smokes. I can just be myself. Well, then you realize it's not so easy. I actually need a practice <laughs> in order to do this. So. Questions? Comments? I didn't yep. hear your definition of freedom. Oh, that's convenient. <laughs> Did I give a definition of freedom? I said something Non-reactivity. Non-reactivity? Okay. I'm not sure. But actually, the Buddha talks about freedom. Oh, no, I'm not going to get to that till Copenhagen. Sorry. <laughs> Someone else. We have just a few minutes left.
You mentioned it briefly here and there throughout the two days. Can you say something about nutrition? Nutrition? Yes. Oh. So you mentioned like uh, no caffeine intake, not so much caffeine intake, and eating less. What else? Smoking. Yes. The question was uh, nutrition. Can I speak about nutrition? <laughs> not in public. Okay. Was there a specific question about nutrition? Do, do, are you very uh, like determinate on something like only vegetarian or vegan? <clears throat> you can be yourself. What's that? <laughs> I'm recording. Basically, I eat in a way where I have energy and my digestion feels really good. And if I eat things where I don't have good energy or my digestion is not good, I don't eat those things. And that's how I eat. I mean, that's the basis of how I eat. And I have a pretty strict diet. Uh, because I travel a lot and go through a lot of time zones, um, I have to be really kind of like careful not to uh, eat things on airplanes and stuff like that. So I'm pretty careful how I eat. There, did I avoid that? Well, one more, one more. Yeah, last question of the day. That is such a good question. Okay. Oh yeah, really good question. It was such a good question. That's because she's from Stockholm. <clears throat> they have such good questions in Stockholm. Amazing questions in Stockholm. Actually, I've never been to Stockholm. Um, what's the difference between uh, mindfulness and concentration? Okay, so um, I'm going to talk about that like in the yoga paradigm. So the sixth limb of Ashtanga yoga is called dharana. Okay, and what dharana means is dharana is exactly the same as sati or smurti. In fact, sometimes Patanjali calls it smurti. So let me describe it. <clears throat> Here's how I usually describe it. So, have I done the bell description yet? Okay, so this is your breathing and this is your attention span. Does everybody see that? Okay, so the instruction is take your attention to your breath. Take your attention to your breath. So your attention goes to your breath. Whoa! And then you take your attention to your breath. Take your attention. Sometimes that's like six or seven years. And then you come back again. And your attention is your breath. This goes on and on. It's very painful. And you keep coming back. That's the sixth limb of yoga, and that's the whole thing. So it's called dharana because it's the meditative practice of smurti, or sati, which means to remember. Literally, to put back together again, to come back again. So the attention goes off, 
And then the network in the brain that I think last night I talked about is the salience network. It goes, well, and it remembers to come back again to the present moment. Okay? And the cool thing about this is we can watch this in fMRI machines nowadays, where you can actually see somebody with a wandering mind remembering to come back, and you can watch the same brain network turn on and actually strengthen over time, which is pretty cool, just in case no one believes this stuff. Um, so it comes back over and over and over again, and that coming back over and over is called mindfulness or dharana. Same thing. Does that make sense a little bit? Sort of? Yes? Okay. Now, what happens is, when you keep doing this, you keep doing this, you come back, you start not falling off so far. You start doing this. You come back, up, oh, you fall off, come back, fall off, come back, come back. And then, the whole thing flips. And then the attention goes inside the breathing. And then, can everybody see the bowl? Imagine this is now my attention. It's like I, I don't just slip off. It's like I go up the side, and the breath brings the attention back. You go up the side, the breath brings the attention back. And that's dhyana. Okay? So that's concentration. So mindfulness naturally leads to concentration, or you can do completely different practices. Okay? In this model that we're looking at, mindfulness, when you really have the intention to be there with it, to stick with it, it turns in to the seventh limb, which is dhyana, which is jhana. Okay? So that's the difference. Yeah. And then the levels of jhana in the Buddhist tradition in the yoga tradition would be the levels of samadhi in the yoga sutra. Very similar. Does that, yeah? So mindfulness is coming back, coming back, coming back, coming back, coming back, coming back, coming back. And then, once in a while, you just bump into a concentration. Spacious. Okay? And the concentration may lead to joy, or it just may lead to a calming of bodily fabrications. All right. So, good questions. Thank you. Um, thank you, everybody, for being here. Um, these are long days. Uh, we had to wake up early. Uh, we didn't even get espresso this morning. It was uh, quite traumatic. Um, what that means is tonight... I really encourage you to um, breathe through your nose, take really good care of your body, eat really clean food, don't drink alcohol, and don't smoke. Unless you really like smoking. In other words, uh, do whatever you can to just be really calm and relaxed tonight so that tomorrow morning when we come back to practice, there's lots of energy and you're not tired and we can stay really focused tomorrow because I want to keep going. Same kind of day we did today. We're going to do tomorrow. Okay? All right. Thank you so much.